I can't think of a better way to start off a new season of mission and ministry in the life of the church than with baptisms. It seems fitting that as we return to church, as we return to school after our summer activities, and I know some of us realize that we didn't really want summer to end, but it must end at some point, it is good for us to gather, as I said, for a baptism. Because it reminds us that the Christian life is a life of beginnings, of new beginnings, of beginning again. You may recall last year we were at the same point, and I'm not trying to jinx it or anything like that, but we thought we're coming back to church, things are getting established, we'll be back to some sense of normalcy after this whole pandemic thing. So we started off cautiously, and well, you know how the rest of the story goes. So here we are again, beginning again. But I think there's something profound in that for us to reflect upon. What does it mean as followers of Jesus to live a baptismal life, which is a life of always beginning again? Because we all know in our own lives, we fall, we fail, we mess up, and we have to start again and again. And that's what makes the mercy and grace of God so empowering because it allows us to truly begin again, not on our own strength, not by our own plans and devices and desires, but solely on the mercy of God, who picks us up, who tends to our wounds, who cares for us and out of his lavish mercy gives us more than we can ask or imagine and then sends us on our way again. And so it's with this in mind, with our baptismal vocation in mind, that we're going to do something that we were supposed to have done probably about three years ago, but thanks to a stroke and a global pandemic, we never did. How many of you remember our parish rule or rhythm of life? You got a copy when you came in the door. If you forgot about it, it's okay because we've had a lot else on our hearts and minds over the last little while. But what we're going to do over the next four Sundays is collectively together reflect on this document. Now, I'm going to remind us about the process of how we got to this, just because we may be a little bit foggy. So I came here as your rector, appointed by Bishop Linda in 2017. And one of the first things that Bishop Linda set out for us to do was this huge document of about 150 pages. It was put together by someone at Church House with very good intentions, but it was completely unrealistic. It was basically asking us for a corporate strategic plan. And I remember sitting in a Tim Hortons with John Massamy, and believe it or not, priests get together and we complain about our jobs. We would never complain about the people, though. That would never, ever happen. And I remember saying to him, John, like, this is, this is just ridiculous. Like, a corporate strategic plan. I mean, that works great in the world of business. That's important. But we're a church. This just seems to go against the grain of everything of who we are. How can the body of Christ organize itself in a corporate fashion? We really can't. And as I said, the, the architect of, of who designed this big document for us to fill out was very well-intentioned, but he never served in a parish, didn't understand the dynamics of how a church community works, whether large or small. 
And so sitting there with John and the Tim Hortons and kind of wondering what we could do, John says, I know what we can do. We do what the church has always done. If you look in the history of the church, what the church has always done, whether it be parish communities or monastic communities, cathedral communities, the chapters, it's always been a rule or a rhythm of life. A way to define how a particular community in a particular place understands itself and operates. How it participates in the mission that God has sent us upon. A rhythm of life is about living out our baptismal vocation in this place, in this time, in these circumstances. I said, John, that's actually a brilliant idea and it's not even your idea it's nothing original it's been around for 2,000 years probably perhaps the most famous of all the rhythms or rules of life is the rule of Saint Benedict that was kind of that he was the structure or the architect of um, Western monasticism but the wisdom of all these rhythms or rules of life that existed in the history of the church are about helping us to order and structure our spiritual lives and our communal lives so that we are better prepared to hear what God is doing in our midst and to respond to that call to action that God places on us. To steward those gifts that he has given us, not just the finances, but the human resources. St. John Henry Newman, and I'm paraphrasing him a little bit, said, God has given to me and to each one of us some definite purpose that only I can fulfill. Only you can fulfill the purpose that God has given you because you are that unique individual endowed by God with particular gifts, with particular perceptions and abilities. But those, that singular purpose that God has given to you to do must be fulfilled in the context of a gathered worshiping community that we call the body of Christ. The baptized who are gathered to share their gifts, to share their purpose, the ministry that God has entrusted to them. And so the rule or rhythm of life is in order to help us to get some perspective. Not in a corporate way, but in a spiritual way, in a theological way. It's actually very practical. We live our lives by routines and habits. We have a certain way of what, what time we get up, when we set our alarm clock, how we take our coffee in the morning, the whole routine of how we get ready for work, how we get ready for school. That's all a rhythm of life is, is a way of saying, okay, this is who we are as a parish. This is how we understand what God is calling us to do here and now, in this place and in this time. So you may recall before my stroke and before the pandemic, we got together. I met with a number of you one-on-one. -on -one. And then we met together in small groups, and then we met together in large groups, and we had like Duke Vipperman and some other people come and to talk to us about understanding what we were doing, helping us to articulate our values, what matters most to us here at St. James, and how we put those things into practice. Then we went to Vestry and it got unanimous support, and then it went on the shelf to gather dust. Well, as I said, there are other circumstances that made that happen. But today is a chance where we renew our commitment. And so the next four Sundays, as I said, we are going to reflect on this document together in light of the words of Scripture, in light of what was just read for us today. Because Jesus gives us a rule of life, 
Go and do likewise, he says. Go and do likewise. Be like that good Samaritan. Okay, Jesus, that's great. All well and good. But how we do that depends on our own individual gifts, our own community gifts, and the needs of the community in which we are placed. So to go and do likewise means we have to have a sense of who we are as a parish, how we understand our identity, because without understanding what we value most, we won't know what to do next. The fact of the matter is, over the last three years, and, and you, you know me as someone who likes to have a pretty good plan and very detail-oriented, last three years I've given up planning. I know it's not Lent yet, but you could say I've given up planning indefinitely. I don't have a plan. And maybe that's a bit disconcerting because you're thinking, well, you're the rector. Your job is to give us a plan and to show us where to go. But I think what we need to do now is not to plan. What we need to do now is to renew our commitment to our baptism and to listen. To listen to the heartbeat of what God has placed as the values of our community. They're values that are shared by other Anglicans. They're values shared by other Christians across the globe. But they're also our values here in this time and place. So we have to understand who we are as a community of the baptized here in Paris, Ontario. And that will send us out on the mission that God has entrusted to us. A unique mission. A mission that only we can fulfill because it's the mission that God has given us. So, your homework because it's the beginning of a school year, and I don't care if you've been out of school for 20, 30, 40, or 50 years. I'm giving you some homework. And as I said, we'll reflect on this as we go along. But your homework is take this document. It's about 10 pages long. Take a highlighter, pen, or pencil, whatever, and go through it. Mark it up. Circle, underline, highlight the things that you like, the things you're not sure about, the things you need more clarity, the things that you'd like to hear more about. Pray with it. Pray for it. Because the goal is that after we spend some time reflecting on it together in community, we will gather outside of a Sunday morning to share our experience of what we think God has laid on our hearts. We're not planning. We're listening. So as we listen to the Word of God, as we listen to the words on our rule of life, it's a living document. It's not set in stone. But it's meant to be something that gives uh, an articulation of what we're all about. So that when we have visitors in our midst and they want to say what St. James is all about, we say, come to church, be with us, break bread with us, fellowship with us, and take this home, and that'll tell you everything you need to know about St. James Paris. So as you read through these, this rule of life, three questions to reflect upon. Why do these things matter? There's a section called values and a section called habits. Why do these values and habits matter to us? Where do we see evidence of these values and habits in action? Right? Brian read to us about the fruits of the Spirit. Jesus says, by a tree you will know by its fruits. When at the beginning of apple season, you know what kind of apple it is by the way it grows. My kids used to listen to a song, Apples Don't Grow on Pear Trees. So where do we see the fruits of the things we value? Where do we see the fruits of the habit? Are we seeing fruit? How can we nurture this fruit? 
And finally, how can I, can you, can we collectively express and build on these values so that we can hear, not only hear what God is doing and calling us to, but that we can put it in action. My friends, that is our baptismal vocation, is to live in the fullness of Christ. It sounds good. It sounds hopeful. But it also has to be practical. And that's the goal of this rhythm of life, is to help us to go and do likewise in this time, in this place, with these people that God has given us to encourage and build up one another and to encourage and build up the body, to encourage and build the kingdom here and now as we await that final coming of God's heavenly kingdom in our midst. Thanks be to God.